0: theyeshiva.net
1: Today's sikha is from Shabbos Parshas Vayetze Tes Kislev Tov Shilam which in English is 1971 and it's published it's printed in the Kudus Sikhes Chimek Yud Sif Aleph say tells the story of Yaakov's marriage to Leia and then to Rachel and the birth of all of the Shvatim, or I should say most of the Shvatim. And the first child who's born is Reuven, born to Leia, and is the B'chir, the oldest. He says, B'ha pasach, The Pasuk says, V'atar Leia. Leia became pregnant, She gave birth to a son. But Ruven, she named him his name Ruven, and the Torah gives the reason why she named him Ruven. Ki Amra she said, Ki Ra'ah Hashem beyoni, God saw my pain, my uh, my plight, my poverty. Ki Atoye Avani Ishi, now my husband, now my husband will love me. So that's Ruven. Ru means. Uh, the sea, so Ra. Ruuvein, as God saw my plight, my difficulties, my misery, and now my husband will love me. Then the Torah continues. She became pregnant again. She had another son, and she said, "Hashem heard that I was loathed," and she named. And He gave me another child, and she named him Shimon. And then the Torah continues with Levi and Yehuda and so forth. But now there's a Rashi. Rashi Rashi quotes the three words, she called his name Ruven, Um and he says this. And this is the quote of Rashi from Rashi Rabbi Pirshu. Our rabbis interpreted this name. Umrah Leah said, Ru see Ben See the distinction between my son and the son of my father in law. Her father-in-law, of course, is Yitzchak, Yaakov's father. Look at the between my son, and the son of my father-in-law, which would be my brother-in-law. Yaakov's brother, Yitzchak's son. What's the difference? Obviously, they're both firstborns, but he, he took his birthright, and he sold it to his baby brother, Yaakov this one, my son, also an oldest he would not sell he did not sell his birthright to Yosef he did not sell his birthright to Yosef unlike Yosef who sold the birthright to Yosef to his his younger brother Yad however now here you just need a little historical context the birthright however was taken from Reuven and given to Yosef. He didn't sell it, but it was taken from him. So he continues, And he did not uh, declare a war on Yosef. Not only did he not fight him, He tried to take him out of the pit after the brothers threw him into the pit. And parishes by So Rashi says, Rabbi Yisraelu gave us Pshat Ruuvein. Ruuvein is a combination of two words: Ruu, Ben, see the son, see who this boy is, distinguish him, look at the difference between the two worlds. My son Ruu Ben, my son, and the Pacher of my father-in-law Esav. Two different worlds. He sells his birthright. He doesn't sell his birthright. Not only that, when it's taken, he doesn't hate him or fight against him, and he even tries to save the one who. Received his birthright. He put, it was his
0: idea to put him in. She, it should have been obvious the fact
1: that Reuven wanted to save no. his life, right? They, him wanted him a mur- they, they wanted to murder. They wanted to explicitly kill him. Right. So he said, instead of killing him, how can let's, he get them? Let's put him the so he said, place. let's put him in the Let's not kill him directly. What was his machshava? Take him, take him out. Yeah. So obviously he didn't want to kill him. Lepoyel well. didn't take him out. We know what happened. Lepoyel they sold him. But the bottom line is that indirectly he was the cause for their not killing him. Right.
0: right. No, saying it should have
1: been managed that more than see, I guess they couldn't. Should have said like he actually yeah, yeah, saved Mayla. his life. No, in other words, the Meiler. He took his birthright, but he's still. The uh, Kachza. Uh, this is the Rashi Aru. the But Lohavin This Rashi needs to be understood. Aleph. Rashi notified us a foundational klal in the beginning of Horatius a few times. My function is, I'm not an encyclopedia of every medrash that there is, that's not Rashi's job. Most madrashim, he doesn't quote. My job is to give you the flow of pshat, to explain the pshat. In other words, his objective is to explain only something that's incomprehensible in the literal interpretation of the psuk. Asks the but what's the problem here in this, in this psuk that perturbs Rashi to give us a new pshat in the name. It says that she had a son, she called him Reuven, the Torah gives the reason she called him Reuven. Comes Rashi and is apparently bothered by something what is he bothered what's difficult and he gives us a noop shot base the question is really greater and stronger the first question would be valid even if there was nothing difficult then Rashi starts giving a medrash for no apparent reason here the difficulty is far stronger when you read the passage, you know the reason why she gave the name Reuven. It says, she named Reuven Ki, because, Ki means because, Amr, she said that what Hashem saw my pain, my plight, comes Rashi and says, Rabbi Seinu Pirshu, there's a different reason why she gave the name Reuven. It's a different reason this is very strange not only is he not saying something that's needed in psh- Pshat he's fighting the Pshat he's, he's contradicting the Pshat he's undermining the Pshat the Pshat says one thing the Pashat says one thing clearly and he comes and says something else but, uh, now you're gonna tell me Rashi didn't make up this shot. He says Rabbi say no The source of it is in Gemara. It's in the Brachas as he says in number four. He says beklolus generally, because as we'll soon see in the Sikha, Rashi makes some important changes from the way it's quoted in Gemara. But his, his point is, don't complain to Rashi. Go to the Gemara. What do you want from Rashi? Valid. But Ad Yedua but we all know the cloud that Rashi says and repeats it a few times. My function is to explain only the literal meaning of a posik, and sometimes I bring the Nagada when it settles, when it's miyashev, when it relaxes. The words of the posik, that every word should be structured and should, um, should, uh, um, um, should be understood in its proper order, in its proper place. First thing you need when you bring agada is there should be a need for it. If there's no need for it, don't bring it. And even when there's a need for it, it's a type of agada which gives the pasik its proper meaning and structure that it's settled. That's what dover dibur means. Every dibur is miyushav. It has a base and it's settled in its proper form that the pasik now makes sense. In this case, it's not needed. Now that it's not needed, it undermines it. The Pesach says one thing, you're telling me something else. So the fact that the Gemara brings it, okay, the Gemara brings it, but we're, we're questioning now, Rashi's Pshat, Nash. That means that in Pshat there's something wrong. That means in Pshat there's something that doesn't make sense in the Pesach. Base. he Now this is an obvious question. What's going on? Why did the Gemara introduce a, new, a whole new explanation? So yesh mefarshim... There's the reason of the marsha, the marsha in brachos and gemara. He explains that tam am a furish b'kra kirah shem ba'onye ne maspek. The marsha says the reason of the pasuk is insufficient. Why? Kibazem musberak chelik misheim ruven, tevas reu sheboy avaloy ben sheboy va'alkein dar shudab esenu oitam. Chazal were perturbed by something What's the bane of Reuven? The reason Leah gives is God saw my pain He saw So Reu is from the word Ra They saw What's bane? Bane means a child so, where is the explanation for Bain? Comes the Marshal and says, that's why Chazal understood that the name has another meaning. What's the other meaning? See my son, Ru'u Bain, my son, the difference between him and his, uh, and his uncle, his father's brother, my father in law, son. Eisa. That's what the Marshal says. Aval the Piddush Rashi of Shalafarishkin in Rashi this pshat is not uh, is not correct, key first of all he says in brackets if this is what forces Rashi to bring another reason for the name than what it says in the Pasuk he should have said so and before we go further Take a look at seven, seven star. It's a question of the Penny Yahshua <laughs> and Brachas. The gamla and also according to this pshat of the Marsha, Akati <laughs> de The Marsha is transferring the question from the Gemara to the Pasek. <laughs> the Ki Amra, The P'nei a question the Masha says nice why the Gemara had to add another period but now the question is on the Pasuk the Pasuk says she called him and why? because she said Bani. and that's not the main reason there's another part of the reason because that only justifies the Reu not the Ben so what happens why does the Pasuk eliminate and not tell us the full reason that's what the Pnei Yeshua asked but in addition to that if this is the reason Rashi should have stated so and he says in 8 rashi pirushim b'hakasif. It's not, not Rashi's style to always say the question which is compelling his commentary but here where his commentary is contrasting what it says he would need to tell us why, why is he doing this so apparently there's a very simple reason that he doesn't have to say it's not the Marsha's reason but there's something else that in Rashi doesn't allow us to give the Marsha's answer and that is, the Rebbe says, "Who says Reuven doesn't justify the name? Doesn't justify the reason and the part? The whole name is justified. You don't need. You don't need the new reason. This is what he's going to claim. A Pshutish shomikna ein zekushimikna demuls. Not a kash. The Marsha's question is not a question. Shaleiav shaloymar shalaisis bein shavsheim Reuven meramzos lahabez v'hanun shall be on me." In Pshat, you could say it. the name is not a a, a copy, mamish, a, a, a a clear copy of the original. There's an association. So Reuvein is not mamish Ra'ah. It's Reu. Bane is the base and the nun of on in my plant. Now you might ask. You might ask, You're missing, you're not giving me the Ayin and the Yud, you're giving me the bays and the Nun, but not the Ayin and the Yud. Furthermore, you'll ask another question, You're changing around the bays. the pronunciation, the nikud is different, because in the Pasuk it's, And here it's, Aksera, Bain, right? Here it's Vatika Shmei with Aksera. And this is Bi Bihanyi. So the Nikod HaBeis is different. He won't say that the Nikod HaNun is different because in Vein there's no uh, pronounce the Nun is the last letter. But is the. the, s- b- s- uh?
0: the
1: s- <sighs> so this is the two questions. First of all, you're missing the Ayin and the Yud. And you're missing also the nikud of the bays. Don't ask me this question. If you learned Rashi, you know Rashi did it already. He did it in Badaishas. Where did he do it? It says Shamayim. So, T'rashi, Shamayim is Rashi Tevis. Shamayim. Shamayim. He says, now look at all these three Rashi Tevis. And you'll see that it's a manipulated Shamayim. It's not it's not exact. He says, take a look. How? You have Ash. Where do you have Ash in Shamayim? You have only a shin. You know, you took out the Aleph. And the same is with some mayim. You don't have the Aleph. Next, the Nikud of the Shin of Ash is not like the Nikud of the Shin of Shamayim, right? so mayim is with the comets. Ash or or uh, or Ash um, is a different Nikud. Ella, so how are you doing this? Ella, it's fine to have just a shit of a sh in shemayim. Or between shalatev and saw a sh in the word saw a which letters are more felt? The sh. So mainly you take only the sh. Well that is a gam movungidin tevas ba'anyi sha'aisis base vinun bain heinamur gosh is babik in the word ba'anyi which are the two strongest pronounced letters Ba'anyi it's the base in the nun Vilachan Laikhaslana Kisaran Shal Sara Iisis so I don't care about the lack of the other letters so why is there a necessary why is there a necessity for any piddush I could say clearly bein is ra Aye, it's missing the ayin and the yud that's true I different. he already did it by shemayin the same thing occurred cleared ashri doesn't bother us in other words we don't need exact copies of the word we need an association, it should be connected, it's a symbol, it's a symbol, it's it's a memory, it's it's an intimation, it's a remes, it's not mamsh, this is the word. So according to Pshal, it's not a problem. Now before we go further, it's a very interesting all the hardest here, yeah, very interesting, but, but Mamrish which we have to learn. but over uh, here I want to learn out of 15 because he brings different very interesting explanations of thefarshim. One of them is particularly uh, very ingenious to try to explain Nashi but shows that it doesn't work in Nashi. The first is fifty. Take a look in fifty. So, good God saw my pain. So, why is it Ruu? See, all of you see. You're talking about Hashem. It should have been Ra, not Ruu. So, you could say that maybe this is what's bothering Hashem. The change from Ra to Ruu, Ruu is plural. See, so Rashi says she was talking to the world. See the difference between my son and Ben you could say something else. Ruuvin asid Ra Ruu is. See the difference that's going to unfold. He saw already, so it should have been ra not ru. So Rashi gives a picture that it's going to be about the future. But the Rebbe says in Rashi, this is not a reason why. <laughs> Same problems you have with Shimon. It says Shama Hashem, God heard that I was loathed, and the name is yeah Shimu, right? Not Shama, but Lashir Shimu Shemayin. So again, you have the same problem with Loshir The same problems you have with Shimon, and the same is true about the future. It doesn't say Shama. It says here about the future. It's the karai that it's not a kash. Base. If this is the case, Hashem, I'll His headline is Vatikrishmai Ruven. If the main hechrich to be mafarish differently is from Kira Hashem because it says Ru-u, not and because it's for the asid, not the yavar, so he should have at least wrote uh, indicated of a goimer in the headline or quoted those words. Now the masculine David Maschal HaDavid has a very creative interpretation. Maschal HaDavid is a and Anashi. He says that Rashi saw something, noticed something that's very obvious. What did Rashi notice? But maskingו דודית קאנ, ה'כיןו ב middle דחיה, the hatam shehevi lashi piter shabesenu, the be kulik siv be tchila hatam, v'achek kachashein. my shame ken hachigabeiro the be tchila k siv atikrash meiroven, v'achek kach siv ki yomra. sh'ma men ad hachikama, v'atikrash tama mavur be so I have to come to that it's a beautiful, beautiful piddush. He says, Take all the shvatim, yeah? take shimon. So she had a son. She said, God heard that I was loathed, and she named him shimon. First, the reason, and the reason explains the name, and that's why she gave him the name Levi. She said, My husband will now accompany me, that's why she named him Levi. Yehudna, I'm thankful to God. I named him Yehud. Every single shavit, first the reason, and then the name. Yeah. In fact, there's a commentary that Vilna Gaon where he also says this word, and he says it's supposed to be that way because in Lyo, you have the cause and then you have the effect the cause, you state before in rational communication, you state the cause before the effect, so you don't say she called him, Shimon because first give us the cause, what was going on in her life, God heard that I was loathed, and therefore the only exception is Reuven she named him Reuven Key. now let me tell you why says the muscular David, why why this change, so that she understands that the Torah is trying to say that even before the reason that's stated in the Torah there was another cause for the name rov and that precedes the name. Understand, and even before the reason that's stated in the Torah. By all the other names, Torah gives first the reason and then the name. Here the name comes before the reason and the reason is supposed to come before the name. That means there's another reason that precedes the name and then there's a reason that follows the name. That's what he says. She the precedent in a different way. Now that she created this cause and thing, then she You have the cause okay but the point is that it's difficult it's difficult what was going on so that's what he says that she named his name she named him even without the name that says explicitly in the passage which reason is it this is what the rabbi said in Gemara but this is insufficient to explain actually why. When you're learning here, right? You're learning in the order. You don't know, yet, yet know that by the other shvatim, it's going to be different. It's going to say first a reason and mitzah the seder of the Pasuk here without the change of other names there's no indication that particular shmei is even without the reason ki amra after all the titles, it says she named him reuven ki because that's the reason fine so he's saying a nice word but for Rashi to come and say because you have a difficulty with order therefore you're going to under- undermine what the Pasuk says and give a new Pshat there's still difficulty in Pshut Mikra this is the first basic two basic questions, number one what's what's ne- what's wrong with the Pasuk and number two, even if uh, if you're giving another Pshat, you're undermining the Pshat not only is there anything wrong, you're giving a Pshat that undermines the Pshat there's also another few questions there you make a whole tighter in Leah's mouth, what she said the Rebbe says it could be made much simpler. Let's analyze the reason of Rashi. She said, Look at the difference between my son and my father yeah. <speaking> in law's <Hebrew> son. We're talking here about events that are going to happen after many, many years. Take him out of the pit. It's a very remote prophecy. And it also discusses the shame of Reuven. Why? Reuven sinned when he, um, Apostol says that he... uh, after after, uh, after Rachel died so Reuven went and lied with Bila, the concubine of his father So Rashi explains that it doesn't mean literally He lied with her, what does it mean? It means that he went into the bedroom and he took out the bed From Yaakov which was in her bedroom because she was Rachel's maid And after Rachel's death he put his bed by her And he put it in his mother's bedroom so this was getting involved in the intimate, so to speak, in the intimate space of his father and uh, Bila, Rachel's maid. So what happened? So as he says in 17, it says in the passage, When he desecrated the, the bed of his father, the birthright was given to Yosef. Where is that expressed? Where is it expressed that Yosef has the birthright? You know where it's expressed? Huh? That Yosef got double, right? In Parshas Vayechi, what does Yaakov say? You're going to get Ephraim and a going to be considered In other words, Yosef got simply a double portion because both of his sons are considered like Nishmata. And therefore they also got two Chalakim and Eretz like a which gets double. So why was this done? This was done because of Reuven's son. So when is all of this playing itself out that Leia is talking about? Leia is saying, Asaph sold his birthright, yeah? Reuven didn't sell his birthright. And when it was taken away from him, not only did he not fight Yosef, but he wanted to save him. So this happens many years later. Reuven has to do with uh, with, with, with Bila, who takes away the mattress. Yosef is being... Is being uh, uh, loathed by his brothers. So first of all, it's a remote Nevoah. Second of all, it brings out also his disgrace, what he did. And they throw Yosef into the pit. they all very bad stories. They're all very bad stories. You want to bring out the beauty of your son. So what do you have to bring a story where you also see his chesreinness and his sins? Bring out the shvach and something that's going to happen very soon. What? A beautiful thing. Ru'm apimni, we know, Rashi brings and told us he stole, he robbed, uh, etc. Reuven, it says clearly in this week's parish, uh, he was a little kid. He went to the field when it was a time of wheat harvest and he brought dudayim. Dudayim are uh, mandrakes or another plant. Rashi, why does it say the time of wheat harvest? So what does Rashi say? He wouldn't touch something that's not hefker wheat does not have it's food but other bushes or plants that's garbage so you can take it so this is a gewaldic distinction it's mamish when he was a little kid in other words it's going to play itself out in a few years you don't have to wait you don't have to wait till Yosef is 17 years old which is going to be many decades from now and, uh, and instead it's going to happen close and it's the beauty of Reuben you don't have to mix in something which brings out that the birthright was taken and you have a distinction between him and Esau so you could say Reuben in this why does it actually have to go so fur- much further and it brings out the gnos I mean, You're comparing
0: him to like Esau as in like the lowest form of life. It's like saying, you know what, my son's not a murderer. What kind of shvach is that? It's like, you know what I mean?
1: My son is, is not like Pasha, the Gaza.
0: Exactly, like the big knowledge. deal. You know what I mean? That's that's like any normal no. human being. You're comparing him to Esau, fine.
1: And Maybe. the other thing is also, Esau no, wanted to kill him, him like, and he didn't. Fine, this
0: was, he took away the b'chira. It was like a whole, whole other, this brings out a beauty of a person. Even though he took away the and he's still ready to forgive him. And not just that, but save him here you're talking about like he's not stealing oh great you
1: know I mean? so. the Iker is you want to distinguish him from Esau so when you distinguish him from Esau you want to bring out his Gnus also but it doesn't make sense that you. you want to bring out his Schwach and Bates
0: point Ales and days, yeah. and in the, in the border, like,
1: No, as a okay. The word, guess, is a split between the. Uh, he brings in 16, take a look in 16, it's interesting. Marsha, the Shaloi Midas, <laughs> is Zeru, Zeru, Bni, Masha says, it wasn't that she knew all of this. She named him Reuven for her reason. But God made her do this name, so it should include this prophecy also. Because the Masha has a problem in Megillah. He goes to all the women who were prophets, and he doesn't mention Leah. Abel Bepidosh Rashi Rashi says... Umra Ruma Ben Benil Benchami, that's his Lashin. In other words, she said it. She said this Navor. Okay, Pitish Rashi, we Pitish Rashi, Koss of Gamalea, Lafish, a Mojus so you could do you do a Kvan. Via Shlemish, as I'll me Pitish Rashi, the Lancha Heavy, Umra, or Stilancha Heavy, Umra, or Beholy from night lashi. there was an Indian of Navor here. In other words, she was a prophet. But if you could do a Navor, a Chaik, if you could do a Navor, a Kriva, why should she do a Navor, a Chaik? Yeah, but that's like the marsha says. We don't know what the ruach hakodesh is. Also, ruach hakodesh doesn't necessarily mean a prophetic prediction of his life. Ruach hakodesh means that the name is by divine inspiration, but it doesn't mean that the name foretells his life, not necessarily.
0: <laughs>
1: that's very good. <laughs> oh, no,
0: saying, you're about this, it,
1: you're that's very about... good. What well, you're now mentioning, <laughs> what's going to be here, <laughs> the, 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 the <laughs> chiddush? a problem. Right? This is this is the whole part, huh? China, by the fact that. You, explain why, when you, say, oh, well, you bring it up. obviously, you hear what he's asking. So you making it. A he's thing? saying that by by her articulating that Reuven is going to sin, she's helping him sin. <laughs> you're, you're, you're increasing the question. Uh, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, as they say. So you're increasing the Shiloh Why would Rashi go here when she could have said that that's his Shiloh, gimel? Why bring out the disgrace of Reuven when you could bring out his mind It's interesting because in 19 he brings that in Medrash Hagadol. That's Taked the drash. The is that Esav didn't steal it. So you have it even in Medrash this distinction. But Rashi chooses the distinction in Gamada. He's asking what's the difference between Aleph and Beys. Aleph says it's going to happen after a few years, and Beys says, Navur chayka. What's the difference between um, between Aleph and Beys? So you said that an Aleph, Rechaika? No, selling the
0: Bihar and then actually getting the uh, inheritance, double inheritance came out to him later. Like when Yaakov uh, bought the Bukhar, he was 15, then when he got the blessings, no, uh, he was 15. Uh, uh, he's asking about Shaila,
1: He was Shaila. When did, when was the bchaida taken from Ruven? Parshas when Yaakov was about to die. So it's many years after he saved the Yosef. So what's the big deal that he saved the Yosef? It's not that the bchaida was taken from him. So obviously, Rashi learns. The Marsha asks this. Obviously, Rashi learns that the bchaida was taken right away even though if it played itself out later. So Reuven could have been already very angry, and it would have been a reason not to say. Obviously, you have to say that there was something before. But actually, Bechar came later, because then he had Benazir Nefraim. <laughs> didn't even know
0: he was alive. He's retroactive.
1: <laughs> okay, base. Here's another interesting shayla. Rashi takes it from Gemara, but he changes, he changes it the way it's in Gemara usual and here always the Rebbe, a lot of uh, his, his and Rashi is always when you compare Rashi to the original, and you see where he changed it you want to know what happened He says, He quotes it from Gemara but he changes it Take a look in Gemara that Leah said, Ben Chami, my father-in-law's son. Ah, even though he consciously and voluntarily, willingly sold his birthright. The Ksiv it says in the Gemara quotes the posse that Yaakov, that Esav sold his birthright. Chazum, be see what it says by him. By Yistim, Esavus Yaakov. Esav hated Yaakov, and he told his father, He deceived me twice. He took my birthright, and he took my blood since even though the birthright, he sold it son, even though Yosef took his b'chere bal karcha, in other words, he didn't want to... Menei, Dixiv, it says, and he brings the Passover from Divre that when he sinned, the prayer was taken. Still he wasn't jealous of him. Dixiv, it says, that Reuven tried to sell him from, save him from the pit. What does the Gemara say the difference between the two is? Eisov hated Yaakov for the birthright that he bought from him even though he decided to sell it wasn't jealous of him that's clearly what the Gemara brings in here I give you something and then I hate you for doing it even though I did it, the other guy it's taken and he still doesn't hate you that's a distinction, that's what the Gemara says Rashi eliminates this whole this whole emotional dimension. It's not the contrast between jealousy and hatred or the lack of it. Only the actual sale. That's the only detail that he mentions about the son of my father-in-law that what? He sold his prayer to Yaakov and Reuven didn't sell his p'chode to Yosef. That's the only thing he mentions about Yosef. And then he says says, and Reuven didn't hate him, and Reuven tried to save him, but about Esau he only mentions, he sold it, and Reuven didn't sell it. Vahilu shod Reuven and what's the mile of Reuven not that he didn't hate even though it was taken from him by force he didn't sell it in Gemara this element is not mentioned as Reuven's mile it's completely emotional Esav gave something away willingly he sold it and then he hates the customer for it he hates the client Right for for many many years, Reuven it's by force taken from him. And not only, and he doesn't hate the person, and he tries to save. Him. The Gemara doesn't mention the fact. does mention the fact that Reuven didn't sell the bchaider versus Esav. Comes Rashi. The emotional contrast. He doesn't tell. He doesn't mention that Esav hated Yaakov. He mentions Esav sold. Reuven didn't sell, and then he adds other two details about Reuven. Yeah. So the Gemara says what? That didn't hate it? Ah. Yeah.
0: Russia.
1: Russia. what? You're asking. Yeah, he asked that before. No, because the story with Bila happened before Yosef was put in the pit. Yeah.
0: The story of Bila happened right when Rachel died.
1: The concept, the right, it expressed itself only later by Yaakov's death. But you have to say that already then He was told that he was going to lose the Phoida Because if not, there's no advantage in Reuven That he saved Yosef Where? Okay, so so this is the Shiloh where it actually changes it from the Gemara Now something wrong with that one When did Rachel die? Rachel died when Yosef was around 9 years old Rachel died when Yosef was around nine. That's the cheshbon when Benjamin ben- was born. <laughs> huh? So Bilhah happened right after that. Okay. So Reuven, who was the first son, yeah, was already an alte de bachel. He was slave. Like, no, he was fourteen. Years. He was. I don't know. How do you know? This is Pesach. I'm going say that I this, but um, we So that's when it happened. We seven Yosef seven was seven sold. Seven years, seven years old. Seven years, seven 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 years, years. older. Seven so Yosef was old. What well, Yosef was seventeen when he was sold. So that's already uh, eight years later. So you understand? So so so, so, so Ruvin knew about the fact that the pachad was taken, and that's the chiddush that he didn't. He didn't hate. He didn't. Uh, he didn't hate Yosef Rashi only mentions one Nikud Yosef sold and Yaakov didn't sell Gimbal does one more question I mean Gimbal does question number three Rashi Moysif, Valoyet al love, Valoyet al-shala'ir, walaba ash-bikash li tsimuna ba, walhayda, ka sham shuhud, ka bnege al-malas, askir ba, gracious shaban khamish, isuf ili ro'a khaira. Adarikh madis bi jamalana, waloyet al-shara'i You want to contrast one boy from another boy. So just like you bring out in one boy all of his miles his so in the contrast you should also mention that in all of these things there's a contrast with Esau so he does mention one thing Esau sold, Reuven didn't sell and now he could continue very he could say Reuven didn't fight with his brother after he lost the B'chay where Esau did fight and got jealous further you could say Reuven when he had an opportunity to let him die he didn't where Esau wanted to kill him and there you have a contrast in everything and that's what the Gemara does. Taka. Rashi changes the Gemara in the sense. Bros, bring one contrast. He sold and he didn't sell. And the other things he eliminates. He just talks about Reuven. That Reuven didn't fight with Yosef, and Reuven even tried to save him. And he doesn't bring out the contrast to Esav so now we're left with all of these questions first of all why is this necessary second of all it's a contrast to what it says a contrast to what it says in Chumash and in Siv Gimel we had the three questions of in the Piddush itself how does Rashi, why does he use this which brings out the disgrace of Reuven and the other two questions of his change his change from the Gemara and why he doesn't fully contrast it comes the Rebbe in Siv Dalit. And says that obviously Rashi was bothered by Pshat in the Pasik. Something in the Pasak didn't make sense to him. And the novelty of the Rebbe's Piddush is Gavaldi Kavart. It's usual, simple. Very simple. And that is, he said everybody has a wrong paradigm. They think Rashi is giving a second Pshat in the Pasik. He's giving a second he's not giving a second Piddush. He's he doesn't say if you'll see his lodhana be saying no physh, he's saying pshat in the pasik. He's not giving another reason why she named him Reuven. He can't, wouldn't give another but The Pasek says a reason. That's the reason. He's teaching the Pshat in the Pasek. That's the The whole paradigm, everyone understands that Rashi giving a new Pasek. What do you need a new Pasek for? The Pasek says. Once we'll understand he is saying what the Pasek says. He's just explaining it to you we'll soon see why he has to explain it, because there's something very bothersome about it. Once you understand that he's really explaining the Pasek, you'll understand exactly how he writes his Pidush, because all he's trying to do is answer and explain the Pasek. To explain the Pasek, he has to write exactly what he wrote, nothing else, no other events and no other facts. Only that will explain the Pasek. That's the Kiddush of the beard here. It's not two Pidushim. The first, it's one pidush. Got This is what is The reason in the Possack why she named him Ruven because God saw my pain and now my husband will love me is a very good explanation it's, it's understood literally he underlines generally, why? it's the nature of people it's a very nice line the nature of people that when a wife gives birth to a son in her... Child. And here is the one of ben. The fact that she gave birth, it arouses in her husband a feeling of closeness and extra affection to her. That's the nature. B'maila, relay your sentiments. Allah very clear sentiments. What? I gave my husband a baby, now he's going to love me. Because the, the father knows very well that without the wife, this could have never happened. And all the pain and anxiety and, uh, and, uh, and difficulty she goes through to give this child, really an Indian of Maseris Nefesh. That's number one. So there's a sense of gratefulness and thankfulness if you're a normal, sane, and functional human being. <laughs> And number two, in the child, you see also you, you see you, you have an eternal relationship with your spouse. In other words, the, the child immortalizes the relationship, right? Because the child is a combination of the father and the mother. So so you you now become one, so to speak, through the child. It actually says, Baha'i through the child, the child you become one. So the child is like an eternal testimony of your oneness. So in a functional situation. I never that is that actually saying that the child shows the oneness or you become no. what you, you want? Know? No, it shows, it's a combination of both. They become one flesh. What is in the the
0: one? child or you and your wife become one now that you have a child.
1: In the child, you have a combination of two bodies. So you it's, it's become one. Yeah, child. yeah but we're so. talking here the emotions. Amnam. So the at the Pasik should be very glad. That's what he says, it's smooth. Ruva Relaya fails, then now my husband is gonna love me, but the Rebbe says here it's not poshant. Amnum bin the dan aime chadvachalikal kach. Here you know what khadva khalak means. Sinishtah glatic. Here it's not so smooth. As we said, this is how it should in a normal life, but here it's not so simple. Why? This Klal is talking about that the marriage is a good marriage. And there's love. When you have a child, yeah? There's more. What does Leia say? Now he's going to start loving. Why does she say now? Leia was a snua. Leia was loath. As he brings in twenty five, came a footage b'kra vayar Hashem kisnu alaya. <laughs> Hashem saw that Leah was loathed. That's what it says right before she has a baby. Hashem saw she was loathed. The next verse says kishama kisnu anaych. Taki brings a mashenemar vayev gamas rochel milaya shemash mashav gamas leya. There's a grammatical issue there. It says he loved oh, so Rachel more than Leah. Gam means you have to love somebody first to say Gam. So the Radak Takah says another Adam that he loved both but relative to the love of Rachel even when you love somebody but you love somebody else more, you feel hated. In other words, it's not that he didn't love her, it's that you love somebody more, so the other person who you love feels hated. Which is also a very interesting interpretation. But today Peter Shashbaam Klayaker Exactly, Shain Zakavanabhaga. That might be over there. That over there. Gam means something else. But in the nekudah is in pshat. was snua. So now she says, now I'm going to love. So he says, v'im keny tochin ki gam atek she yolda laya ben liyakov lo yistaneh boi haregish ad kadei kach she yevani. When you have a situation with there's a snua, the marriage is snua is loathed, so then the child as you know it exasperates the situation right? It's like if a marriage is very stressful, al Lutzlan a child doesn't help the love if there's a mei minuchash, there's an ava then fakir, the child brings you closer you when know. I mean, you see the mukhash every day in every couple's counselor, you see this so even in Yaakov and Lewe you have to understand things in a different Madrega, but in a kudah, our people, we're talking peep pipshats I'm not talking all that a all that a all that all that It's not a to think that now he's going to start loving me. Rachel, who's his main wife, who he is also going to have a child. It's not like he's relying on Leah that she's going to be the only one to have a child. Now later we're going to find out that Rachel is barren, but as he but now we don't know yet this situation. So a pashtus. So Leia now says, now he's going to love me. How do you know now he's going to love you? Base. There's another problem. somebody said before their parents are often delusional about their children how does she know how this kid is going to turn out <laughs> if you look in the in the patriarchal families of the Jewish people the first boy uh, never became he never became a Tachshutol. So first of all, you don't know how a kid is going to turn out. Second of all, in this case, you have to be Cheshush. Take a look at the first son of Yitzchak. Take a look at the first son of Ram. He's the third one. Yaakov is the third and one. Who's his first son? Either Yishma or an ace? such a child not only will he not make his father feel closer to the mother may even further there may be a certain uh, a certain rejection the means an antithetical inclination he doesn't want to The Rebbe doesn't like to say the negative the means an opposite inclination from affection it's a
0: little bit by Abram and it's what happened Avram
1: was distance from hunger. You say?
0: Into
1: the sun? To the sun? to the sun? So, but Mayla, so What's what's bothering her? Leah has a baby, and she says confidently, "It's good news. My husband is now loving me." How do you know, number one, in this situation? Number two, how do you know how he's going to turn out? And only such a child who turns out according to the will of Yaakov will really evoke that ava. If the child becomes uh, an embodiment of immorality, like Esav, is going to cause a problem. Now we'll understand Rashi. Rashi is not contradicting the pasuk. He's saying there was something else in her mind going on, so she could say, "My husband is loving me." So here's the billions of Rashi, how the Rebbe sees it. She talks about two things. First of all, not only is he going to be a beautiful child, but that child, Yosef, who's going to be the son of Rachel, the B'chay, who Yaakov is completely in love with, is going to be saved by this boy. This, he's going to be saved by this boy. That's what he's going to explain here. Her reason in the Pasach will only be understood based on what the Rabbis explained why she named him Reuven why? 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 Just the physical, biological birth of a son is not necessarily a clear indicator that it's going to arouse Avon, like we said before, for two reasons. So the pasuk itself begs you. Give me Adrasha. The Pesach says, give me a drasha. expound me. There has to be a preceding reason for the name Reuven, which brings out his Mailah. See the difference between my son and Esau. Now I understand that my husband is going to love me. Now in order to explain this, let's see what Rashi says, what she said, and you'll see exactly how she came to this conclusion. Now we'll see why Rashi changed the Gemara The only contrast he brings between the two is Esav sold his birthright And and, and Reuven didn't sell his birthright What's the chashivas of being a firstborn? That you have more of Yaakov than you You have a double portion of Yaakov of rejected his relationship with Yitzchak as a birth, as carrying like, what does it mean you don't sell your your whole lineage, you want to carry Yaakov's legacy, you understand? that's the word. that's the greatest thing for Leah I could say Reuven is not going to be a thief that's not going to help me, that only helps me to say that he's not going to be a bad kid here I need more than this here I meet ya vani Ishi. So he says this brings out the mile of Reuven inconsistent and complementary to the Toychen of the words of lay in the Posse. Rashi is trying here to make a puzzle. He's trying to complement the Posse. He's not trying to say nice things about Reuven. He's trying to make the Posse complete. How? I knew ben she's giving birth to a khur and she says now he's going to love me so we ask if anything a khur is only cause for trouble in this indian itself that you're worried about we will see the my love of Ruven. The fact that he's the oldest son of Yaakov, the p'chayr of Yaakov, is completely precious to him, and he's not going to get rid of it. Now Rashi goes even further. Not only is he forever proud of being Yaakov's p'chayr versus Asaph. In other words, this p'chayr only demonstrates his closeness to Yaakov, his kinship with Yaakov. Or Mam Rashi go even further. What are you worried about? He has a second wife that he loves, Rachel. He's going to be the one who's look uh, When it was taken from him He didn't get angry He didn't uh, fight with him It's true he loved Racha More than Racha And it's true he wanted to have children from Racha And it's true he only wanted to marry Racha But when he sees that Racha Gave birth to such a boy What type of boy? Even though he's the pacher, and this pacher is not uh, irrelevant it's very precious to him. Not like Yosef, nonetheless, Yosef when it was taken and given to Yosef, he didn't. Start fighting with Yosef, even though Yosef was the more precious than all the children. When you see such a child, when you see such a child, that even though he's the B'choyed, and the B'choyed is cherishable, and you're taking it away from him, and who you are giving it to? You're giving it to the baby of the family, and somebody who everybody's jealous of, because he's become more beloved than everybody else. And not only that, he wants to save him, he tries to save him, when everybody else wants to try to kill him, and Yaakov knows all of this. So, for such a boy, you love the, you love the woman who brought you such a child into the world and he says in 33 by saving him from the pitch it's not just he didn't fight him by saving him he allowed the player to be transferred from him he's the one who almost he he let it be taken from him because if he would have sat back passively and let him die there would be no, no Yosef left so that's how much his relationship with Yosef was. It's interesting as Yaakov was not involved in the naming of his children. Oh, that's the next one, second. That, that, that's the next piece. Now we'll understand. Now we'll understand why he doesn't contrast all these details between Reuven and Esau. That what? That Esau fought with Yaakov and the B'chayran and tried to kill him. He's not here, he's not, she's not out here to denigrate Esau. That's not her point. She's out to say confidently, my husband is now going to love me. Why? Because of the child I brought him. That's for Necudah. So the contrast is only necessary where it's necessary not to bring out constantly... That Esav was evil in every area. That's not her point. The first point is that you worried that the B'chayur is going to be like Esav. I'm telling you, it's a whole different relationship. He sold it. He didn't sell it. Now when she goes to the other Nekudas, it's not negate that Esav wanted to kill Yaakov. It's not going to help us for the Atayah vanayish. I guess you could put it differently. You're not going to gain somebody's love more by, uh, by putting down somebody else. Uh, put. Say who you are. You don't have to say who he is, unless we're well, it's Nagaya to bring out of it. What's pirshu? Rabbi Seenu explained. They were mafaris. They were upgetaged. He's not trying to negate the Pasuk. He's trying to explain it. It's a Pirush in the Pasuk. Yeah, yeah. From that very moment. So, because of all of this, I mean, Yacobo said in the book of what was going to happen with Yosef and Rumain. Or, or he trusted his wife. Either, either way, whether he had the book or not, he he understood what was going to transpire in the future. Yeah. Yeah, like he, in, he in sixteen. Actually, holds the one of vios. They were prophetesses, and uh, and this was a prophecy. So this answers the kasha. How does he know for sure he's going to love her? We said since she was snua, you're not, it's not so clear that a child is going to bring love, especially that he's hoping that Rachel is going to have kids. Number two, how does she know that this boy is going to turn out well when Esav and Yishmael set the opposite precedent? So here we have the pishur. It's very clear. First of all, she's going to turn out, well, the fact that she said this is the prerequisite. It's like the background that she could say, now my husband is going to love me. It's also beautiful, clear, the answer to the you Yeshua. Why the pastor doesn't say both? The name Ruuven is only because God saw my pain. That's the name. That's what the pastor says. Now he's going to love me. God saw my pain, gave me a son like Reuven, now he's going to love me. The reason that she's saying this, the backdrop, the context behind it is that she said something else, which is also indicated in the name. What did she say? She spoke about what type of child he is. It's not just a child, what type of child he is. That's Rabbi Seinu Pishu, that's like the missing gap, the missing link that the Gemara fills in. To give the reka, to give the, the the context through which she's certain that she is going to be loved. Why? You're worried about he's not going to turn out well. He's a guy who's not going to sell his bchaire. He's proud of being Yaakov's oldest. He's proud of carrying Yaakov's torch. You worried that she snua, she snua. Why? Because he loves Rachel. Yeah. But when you have such a child with such attitudes, with such midness. With such humility, with such selflessness, he gotta love. He gotta, he gotta love his mother. <laughs> That's what he's saying. He was, he was upset. He was upset. He was upset. What does it actually say? He heard about it. Then the next goes through. The In other words, he understood it was a mistake, but it was not a mistake that delegitimized him. it. Was something he did that
0: wasn't. We once
1: learned in, <laughs> in Chelik Tesvav and by is a whole zikha, uh, about um, the Mal- malchus was also supposed to be by Reuven and B'chayda was supposed to be by Reuven and Kohuna was supposed to be by Reuven and it went to Yehuda and Levi. So he explains over there, you remember the whole Arichas, that... Fasting? Yeah, that Reuven was a great, great soul. But he was not a leader he was not a leader all the things that you remember he was engaged yeah, it in it didn't translate into action like he fasted while they put Yosef into a pit and he brought Dudoyim to help his mother and made a fight between uh, Rachel and Leah and he changed the bed of Yaakov and made a halt. like he always meant well because he was very sensitive and, and, and spiritually very elevated and we see here how humble he was but in leadership the main thing is how you actually affect other people so it's in Inyanim, but it doesn't... The fact that he made a mistake, it doesn't leg- delegitimize who Yehudim was. Huh? No, no, Yaakov saw who he was. He saw what type of child he is. He's the p'chayda of Yaakov. The is cherishable is, is so cherished by him, and yet it's taken from him and given... To someone else, who is who is the most favorite of all the children? It should naturally evoke jealousy and hatred. Not only is he not jealous, not only is not hate not only he not fight him. He goes and saves him, which allows the bchayda to be given to him because he saves him. When you see such a child, you have to love the woman who gave birth to him. Didn't he? And not only that, if you really love Rachel, if you really love Rachel, and you see Reuben's attitude to Yosef, it increases it. Did he
0: not save Yosef.
1: Father that's the Vart, That's the He had him thrown in the pit, and then he left to, to fast or to be Mashamush's father. The point is that he left. You know, he was more heavenly. He was more rochniastic. Yehuda was a king. This finishes the textual explanation of Rashi in al Mikra. Now the Sikha addresses what you uh, what you asked. from the wine of Taylor and Rashi, referring to the Plymius. The plemias of Taylor and Nash. We see a fascinating thing about all the names. It's a fascinating thing. You go to all the Shvatim, who gives the name? Dafka the mothers, like you said. Davka the mothers.
0: That's right, because he held
1: on to the... One second, one
0: second. One second. And he's because he
1: laughed. The only exception in the Shvatim is who? Binyamin. Binyamin got a name from both. But everybody else, it's always only the mother. They gave all the names. The father is completely not
0: involved. Ah.
1: Huh? Okay, there's, a, there's a different chapter. Lash, I mean, you know what Lashem uh, says about Leah. Thirty-nine says Yaakov's real name is
0: Estral. Estral wasn't given to him
1: by birth. Ah. Ah. Huh?
0: So, no, thirty-nine. The address is that Yaakov yeah, re- yeah. was real. Yes. His name is Estral.
1: Yeah. 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 Now, but again, Avram itzka and Yaakov. Who gives Avram itzka and Yaakov? It's not the mothers. Now, obviously, Avram didn't have a mother. Uh, Yeah, but not uh, a matriarch. Not a matriarch of the Jewish people. Um, Yitzchak was given by Avram, and Yaakov was given by Yitzchak. Yeah, but not the Imahis. Hashem told him to call him Yitzchak, but not the And, uh, and, uh, and Yaakov as well. The second difference is, by the Shvatim it always says a reason. By the Avis, it doesn't say a reason. You'll see in 39, he says the name that was given during the birth there's no reason. Avraham, yeah. But not Avram, yeah.
0: Yisrael
1: was given later. now we're talking in the possek. I mean Rashi brings uh, Rashi brings Pirushim for Yitzchak Rashi brings Pirushim for Yaakov but in the possek there's no reason so why, why are these two differences the Shvatim the mothers not the others the others more the fathers mm-hmm. but by the others there's no reason in the possek. for you this we have to explain the concept of a name Yodua Shahashem ashayikru loyeno has baalma El Kim is a goof. me a shame is not just a haskama. What does a haskama mean? It's a social convention. We all agree that this should be called a table, and this should be called a cup, and this should be called a napkin. In Loshin names are connected to the essence of the object. Kisei has to be a chair. You can't kisei can't be a table. Mayim can't be aish. Ash can't be mayim. And by a person also, it's connected to the etzem however it's not the neshama the way on the, it's on its own the neshama before the gulf doesn't have a name doesn't have a name what is it when it comes to give life to the body the name represents the link between soul and body the person the way is a combination of soul and body in other words the way the chayas comes from the neshama to the guf, that's what the name represents that's not the soul the way it is on its own that's why it's brought in chzidus in Gilgulam you can have different names, right? A neshama could come into one body and be called Moshe. Then come into a second body and be called Shimon. You just said the name is for the nish- It's connected to the soul. It's not connected to the soul itself. It's connected to the unique relationship between the soul and the body. In other words, the dynamic of the physical persona that is being vitalized by the body. Here it's a Moshe, here it's a Shimon because the bodies are completely different. But
0: when that neshama, that body, that you
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. However, in the name itself, the way it captures the link between soul and body, there's two levels. Aleph. Bez. There is the way the name affects and represents the general relationship between the soul and the body similar to the name of the species, Adam Every person has the same name, Adam because it represents a general description of what a person is what type of soul we have, what type of mind we have So similar to that You have the way the name affects and represents the general relationship between the soul and the body And the way the soul is expressed in a individual way in every single body according to who it is And that's the individual name for every person In other words, there's two relationships between the soul and the body There's what's common denominated between all people We're all adams, right? We're not animals, an animal has its own type of relationship between its soul and body there's what a mensch is but everybody knows that every soul and body has a whole different dynamic who your soul is, who your body is how they connect, what connects what's emphasized, what's revealed and that's the individual name (laughs) he never worked explains <laughs> in Torah. the ain't of Adam a contrast from the The Gemara says, ain't there are only three fathers. Nobody is ever divorced from a father. Your father is in you. You always have your father. So the b'chinas of the avos is an inheritance to every single Jew in every generation. There's a part of there's a gene, so to speak, of Avram and of Yitzhak and of Yadier. The shvatim are not everybody's father. You have a person that doesn't it. is not all the madregas of the shvatim. They're not fathers. The Avas exist within every person because they are the source of every single Jew. The every Jewish neshama comes from the avos the, Not every Jew comes from all the Shvaton, right? You could be from Ruvin, you could be from Shimon, but, they, but they, so they, some of them are Avas for different people, but, uh, but, uh, but not necessarily. Hashem and the avos, their bchinus, are in every Ba move miza the he shabhina savas to khina sashwatimhu Lloy Rakbazashina Savashal Kal Gimbalavis Yasna Bakalach Bibna Sanal, Ma Shekim Khina Sashvat, Shayna Mukhnachas Li is Bakalachat Kimibhina Shayvan Shalai Elakavana Bazahi Shah Avis, Mikivan Shahim Shajh Makar Kal Nish Shamas Y Sal, Hale Pchina Savis Yasna Bakalachad Bin Bne Soma Tadin Yanaya Aksmi Li say Khalik Maklala Sam Y Sinal. What we learn from the Alter explanation is not that it's just a technical distinction. In other words, Every Jew has his shevids. So, so you, you biologically, you don't come from another shevid. The other is, every single Jew comes from Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Because each of the 12 shvatim came from Yaakov. So naturally, you must have Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. I don't have a relationship with Levi. My genes are not from Levi, or from Reuben, or from Shimon. That's a technical, a technical difference. Pashat and Yechus there's something deeper because why something deeper? because we don't say you have four of us we don't say Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov and the Shevet you come from the Shevet you come from we never call your father even though you must come from one of the children but he's not your father we don't say there's Dalit us. we say there's Gimel us, and then there's Shvat. so the Rebbe explains because what the Rebbe means there's something else the Avais represent our common denominator as Jews our relationship with the Avas is, is, the concept of the Avas, they're the source of every neshama. So the Avas give an imprint in every neshama, and that's our common denominator as Jews. Just like we're all people, and we have common denominators, we're all Adams, even though there's so many differences between us. We're all Jews. We're all Jews. So that means biologically, and emotionally, and psychologically, and spiritually, there are certain imprints, there are certain... Uh, it's an identity mark that comes from Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. And this is an Indian atzmi, an essential thing, as part of being the Jewish people. I- irrelevant of nurture, and irrelevant of a specific nature, and irrelevant of circumstances. It's an essential part of makeup. The shvatim of the Jew, the impact of the shvatim of the Jew, even your own Shavat represents the division. In other words, it comes in a specific way. It's, it's, a, it, it's something that divides one person from the other person because every person has their own different Havaydah. There's a the Shevet Juven a the Shevet Shimon, a the Shevet Levi. Since is uh, a relation to them, we depend purely. Ah. The teneture, uh, relation from each The, one of the Shvatim of the Jew, even the Shevet Prati, even the Shevet Prati, is the Chineh Habab It comes in a divided way to the Jewish people. It represents his Pchina and Avoida Paratus. Yeah. No. No. It, it represents what his avoid is, what his Chushim are, what his Pchina is. Yeah. Now we'll understand very Gishmat the difference between the names. Let's remember the differences. Number one, the Shvatim are always the mother, the avas is the father. Number 2 the others doesn't have a reason the mother has a reason Shmeizer aves ham shachaklosh bekol aher meisrael Shmeizer shvatim haynu sham shachak bab chinis se'y prat de hasem lemahuse prat shel kolach u mikivul sheshe imas elu yonom hishalkusam shachale fi chinis se'yuden prat ve gein nemer bekolach mem tam galu y prat ya masel madrigose va The names of the others... But all three capture an essential part of the Jewish
0: people.
1: Each of us has has a combination of all three. They capture essential features of a Jew. So he says the names of the others represent a generic hamshacha that's in every Jew, it defines every single Jew. The names of the shvatim... They represent individual features that vary between the 12 children based on everybody's individual essence. And it's not going to be an eternal inheritance for the Jewish people. So therefore, by the Shvatim, because these names represent specific... A specific energy, a specific absha based on individualized features and characteristics, so by for each one of them there's a revealed and specific reason why this name was given, which captures his level and his Avedah <laughs> The seed of life is a microscopic, tiny mikudah, but it encompasses the goof of the ben. Who fleshes it out in details? Who makes the galus, the actualization and the division of the seed of life? In the individual characteristics of all the limbs and the organs, this is nine months dafka by the mother, not by the father. Even after they're born, this distinction still remains. What is it? Who are you closer to? Who understands you more? Who feels you more? Who do you relate to more? Here's a very deep description the relation between a child and a father is essential in essence there's a certain atzmi's that the two people share but emotions revelation on one hand there's a distance between a child and a father Mm -hmm. on the other hand he says in etzem in etzem yeah Gilui and in Hergish, you feel the Kirov, the kishah between a mother and a child more. Why? the the Avois, which represents the generic component which unites all the Jews there there's no reason for the name and there also it's given primarily through the fathers the Shvatim which represents the Hizchalkus and the Gilui of the way the nisham is actually expressed in the body in this particular case, in this particular person, that's the mother. And therefore, the mothers give the names of the shmatim, which represents the amshaches pratis. Ah. what he said before, that the name, which represents the connection with the body, has two p'chines. There's the way, the general is of the neshama and the guf. Right? And the, the, the tzir prati in every guf, who you are as an individual. So this is represented by the Jewish people. The avois represent the shame b'nei Israel. So that's given by the Father, and that's where there's no specific reason, it's not a division issue. The Shvatan represents the specific names that would characterize individual Jews, and individual functions, and individual avodas, individual tzir. This is connected more to the mother's role, who takes the seed of life and fleshes it out in Avodim, and later in life has a more conscious and revealed emotional relationship with the child in raising him and educating him and so forth. The Av represents an Ats means the Kakesha. So the Mayas gave the names of the Shvat. And that's the difference of Chachma and Bina. Chachma is the father of emotions and Bina which fleshes out in the kudd is the mother of emotions. Now I want to ask you a question. So why is it that if you're Jewish or not Jewish depends on your mother? <laughs>
0: It's
1: they're somewhere else. The exact opposite.
0: How a man's connection to God is more individual. It's more about like, learning a woman's is more...
1: So the, the answer is, based on what he said in the Hagdama, a name is not for the soul itself. A name is the way the soul interacts in the body. The soul itself is beyond the name. Okay? When you talk about Etzem... The father is the etzem of the relationship between the soul and the body, but the soul itself—if it's a Jewish soul or not—that's the mother. Ah, huh? in other words, that's what he says. The name is already the way the soul is communicating with the body, and that itself there's the generic component, and then there is the individualized component. But the etzem itself—what type of neshama is it? That's father. No, that's the mother. That's I know,
0: but why is it here? Is...
1: Here we're saying the essence is the father. No, the etsem of the way it connects with the body, with oh, the Jewish the body. body, yeah. Body. That's what he says, the name. There's two Madrigues in names. Ah. Uh, so why is it? More like a practical Because you know who the mother is. lot is. DNA, that's but that's the
0: yeah, but also, How did this answer the question? If if the father is Okay, otomist. it needs
1: a little more beard. yeah.
0: If the father is the Atomis Atomis, so why shouldn't that tell you what's a Jewish
1: Comes down. He explained that a name is not for the neshama itself. It's for the connection
0: with the body. Yeah, and in that
1: itself, there's two madregas. Right. One is the, the name brothers. of the father, and one is the name of the mother. One is the way the soul connects with the body, right? but the way all souls connect with their bodies in a generic way, and that's the role of the father. A... That connection, and that, which is an inyan and then there's the mother, which is more individualized. So the shvatim was given, but not the name that the mother gives is the name that captures you as an individual. The name that the father gives is the name that captures you more, as part of the generic group. But the way the Neshama itself is, he says that, that 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 the name doesn't apply to.
0: Forget the name, but who is a Jew is greater than your name.
1: Okay, does That's what I'm saying. In Etsel, there's two Yonam of Etsel. There's etzem, mamish etzem. That says the essence that's un, unspoken of. It's unidentified. It says an etzem, etzem biltim esgal, builtim built builtim It's indivisible. It's not expressed. It's not actualized. It's the core of the core. That's one etzem. Here, the etzem that he's talking about here is an etzem that's expressed. But what's expressed is an essential relationship, not a more fleshed out relationship the relationship between father and son is more of an essential relationship that we're one in our core, the relationship between mother and son and child is more expressive in daily life and more felt in an individualized and specific way in the realities of a person's life now the union of a Jew and not a Jew Yeah. here you're dealing with a deeper union and that is that the woman, the mother her, the mother's egg the mother's contribution yeah, establishes what's the core of the person even beyond gilui. the etzim shabbat that's even beyond gilui. what type of neshama it is if it's a yiddish neshama what type of neshama is coming down into the world if it's a yiddish neshama well not a yiddish neshama that depends on the mother huh? Why this depends on the why, mother.
0: Why the woman, uh,
1: this has to do. Let's finish first. There's a little confusion here. So let me try to explain that a little clearer. You're confusing two things. We have a Yisoid that the name is connected very much to the thing that has this name. It's not a name, it's not random, it's not coincidental. It's connected to the energy, to the pnimius of whatever is given that name, including a person. So my name, your name, is not just, I have this name, I could have had this name. The name, it says in Kisvei Arizal that parents have like a little nevuah, they're given a little prophecy, so to speak, a prophecy, what to name their child. Because this name is connected to the the avoyd of the child, it's connected to the shlichus of the child, it's connected to the unique neshama of the child. To the makeup, to the spiritual makeup of this child. Yet, al Rebbe says in Lekudat Torah Bahar that the neshama itself doesn't have the name. The soul before it comes down to this world doesn't have a name. It's nameless. So, what is the name? The name represents the interaction between the neshama and the goof. The shame is mekasher the neshama and the goof. The chay that comes from the neshama into the goof. This is what's reflected, what's displayed in the name. In other words, every person is a made up of a soul and a body. That interaction, that unique is that we call the human being, the unity, the synthesis between a neshama and a guf. I have my neshama and my guf, you have your neshama and your guf. This is what's captured in the name. Yet in this itself, the epic says, there's two aspects. In what's in this itself? The way the neshama comes to the body, there's two aspects. You have, for example, the name Adam. The name Adam is a name that's shared by every member of the human race. Nasa, Adam, We're all part of the species called Adam, a person. Why we all call the same name? Because there is a common denominator that unites the entire mankind, the entire human race. Of course there's so many distinctions and differences, but nonetheless there are certain specific and general features that define a human being. What type of body does a human being ordinarily ordinarily have? And what type of soul a human being has? As the Mishnah says in Pirkei Chaviv Adam There's something about a human being. A human being is not an animal. An animal is not a human being. An animal has its type of soul and its type of body. And of course in that itself, you can't compare one animal to another animal. And even within every animal itself, within each family itself, there's so many differences. No two are the same. No two people are the same. Right? Even in one nation, even in one family, even in one tribe. But there's a general common denominator that unites all humans. That's why we all have the same name Adam. In other words, the name Adam is the Shem Hamnin. And that's how that's the name reflects the general relationship between the human soul and the human body. Yeah, then you have a name Yisrael. The name Yisrael is a name for every Jew. Every Jew is part of Yisrael. Either so many differences, because this represents the unique soul and body of the Jew. Just like Adam represents the unique soul and body of every human being. But then there's something else. Then there's the individual name of every human being that represents your own journey, your own life. You have your own body. Your own physiological, chemical, psychological, genetic makeup. Your own physical makeup, your own spiritual makeup, your own unique soul that connects with your own unique body. Every goof, according to its unique style and structure and its tzi prati. And this is captured in your individual name and that's why. That's why. As I said before, he brings in the footnotes from the Tzamach Tzadik. One neshama in this body is called Moshe. In another body, the same neshama is called Shimon. Because the two bodies are not the same. And therefore the relationship of the soul with the body is different. This is the whole story of Gilgulam and reincarnations. And not only that, we know that even two Moishas are not necessarily the same type of person, right? You have a Moishas, you have a Moishas, and yet they're completely different people. So that's the second element of a name. This is true with every individual person. There's the name Adam, the entire human race. And then there is the name, Reuven, Shimon, Levi, Moshe, Yehuda, Yankel, whatever it is. Now, from here, he goes over to the Jewish people, to the nation. The nation also has these two aspects. This is what the others give us, and this is what the Shvatim give us. The three others, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, are the others of every single Jew. Every Jew comes from Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, no exception. You can't say that every Jew comes from Reuven, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, Yisach, Zvil, and Dan, It's not true. Some Jews come from one of the Shvatim. Sometimes you come from more than one of the Shvatim. But not all of the Shvatim are fathers of all the Jews. And it's not just a technical difference. It's a much deeper difference. The elements of the Ovis, the Avos represent certain common denominators or certain essential features of, that exist within every single Jew. If you're a Jew, you're a chilek of Am Yisrael, you inherit, you possess these features that come from the others. The elements of the shvatim, of the 12 shvatim, don't exist in every Jew. In other words, they represent individual characteristics and features. The shvatim, the 12 shvatim represent... 12 general prototypes of the Jewish soul. Very different. I have my, my shevet, you have your shevet. This represents more the individual avayda. The Jewish people are divided. Not all people are the same. They're not supposed to be the same. By Kriyas Yamsov, there were 12 paths. 12 shvatan. Each one has his or her derech, his or her avayda, his or her l- style. Their unique way of connecting to life, of connecting to God, of connecting to spirituality just like you have seven branches of the Menorah, and you have seven middas. More, gener- more specifically, you have 12 Shvatim. Yes, does it mean they're all not Jews? Of course they're all Jews. And there's certain features in which they're completely one, just like by human race to something called Adam, there's something called Bnei Yisrael. This is Avraham and like Yaakov in us. The Shevet in us, even my shavit captures my individual unique life as a Jew, just like my personal name represents my unique physiological and spiritual life, my unique soul and body, your unique soul and body, the same is true as a Jew, the shevet, my relationship to my Shevet, represents my unique journey as a Jew, as part of this Shevet, and that's why Jews were divided by Shvatim. they had their own flag, they had their own location, when they traveled in the desert, and you couldn't mix, because you have to know who you are, and you have to cherish, and you have to embrace it, it doesn't take away from the second akuda. The Avice in me represents that Nakuda of Avram, Mitsuk, and Yaakov. And here, a Jew from Reuven, a Jew from Levi, a Jew from Yosef, a Jew from Yisach, it's all the same. They're all members of Klai Yisrael, they're all children of Avram, Mitsuk, and Yaakov. Based on this, the Rebbe says, this is the reason why the names of the Shvatim are given from the, through the Imais. The mothers give their names. The names of the Ovis, of Yitzchak and Yaakov, as he says before, this is given not by the Imoys. This is given by the Ovis. Why? Why is it that the names of the Shvatim are given through the Imoys, Besides Binyamin, which is given by both. Where the names of the Ovis, Yitzchak and Yaakov, are given, who? Are not given through the Imoys, Right? Yitzchak's name is given, Hashem says what the name should be, and Avram gives him the name. The same is true. Yaakov, who gives him the name? Rashi says either Hashem or Yitzchak. It's not that Rivka gives him the name. What's the difference? So now we'll understand the difference. What's the difference between the father and the mother? The father gives the semen, the tippa, the seed of life, which has the essence of the life of the body of the child, this comes from the father. But who reveals the child? Who accentuates all of the specific nuances and details of the child? This is the mother. The child spends, not. the father gives a contribution, gives the essence. But then the mother takes the tipper, conceives it, gets fertilized, it gets developed for nine months, and every single limb and organ gets fleshed out. So revel- from a seed, you don't have a life, you don't have a child yet. You have the potential for a child. But who actually develops all of the details and reveals, brings out in actuality everything that was concealed in potential in the drop, in the seed of life, this is the mother. And the Rebbe says this difference doesn't only exist during pregnancy, that the father gives the essence and then the mother develops it and reveals the potential. But this continues even after birth. And that is that the relationship between the child and the mother, has a certain closeness, a certain sense of intimacy that doesn't exist with the father. The mother feels the child. The child feels very, very close, naturally to the mother. Of course, there are exceptions as a result of different circumstances. But naturally, who is in touch with all of the details of the child's life and feels it and worries about it and is concerned about it and is connected to it and raises the child and nurses the child. There's a unique intimacy between a mother and a child with all of the ramifications of that on every single level throughout life. This doesn't mean there's no relation between a father and a child. On the contrary, the relationship between a father and a child is atzimis It's very essential. It's con- more concealed, but it's very, very deep. In other words, in your essence, you're one with your father. In your essence, you are your father, so to speak. The connection with a father is very, very deep, but it could sometimes be more concealed. But it touches on your essential character, your essential identity. On a more revealed level, on a more conscious level, the relationship is closer with the mother. Your father defines your essence. Your mother defines more the way your life is manifested, your individual characteristics. That's why there's a famous Maimah Chazal. The Torah says you should have awe from your mother and respect your father. So Chazal says when it comes to awe, it says first the mother because naturally there's more reverence from the father. When it comes to respect, it says first the father, because naturally, there's more respect for the mother. A child feels closer to the mother. What is the spiritual? difference between Chachma and Bina. Chachma is the flash of inspiration, the conception, the, like a lightning flash. You don't have a developed idea when somebody's struggling with a mystery and they can't understand it, and suddenly they have like a flash of inspiration. It's a seminal Nekudah. It's like the seed of life. It's not developed. It's not fleshed out. They can't write it down. They can't explain it. They just feel in their brain that they got it. I got it. Or it got me. That's the father, Chachma. Then there's the mother. The mother takes the idea and fleshes it out and develops it over nine months or nine years. And now you have a full fledged mansion with a foundation, with one floor and another floor, and a roof and an attic. This is the role of Bina. Bina fleshes out the idea and turns it into a presentable piece of information. You can write it in a book, you can convey it in a lecture. You can teach it to people, and so on and so forth. There's the idea, the flash, the nakuda, that's Chachma. And then there's the mother that's Bina. The same is true when it comes to the Jewish people. There's the father of the Jew, and there's the mother of the Jew. The names of the Avais is given through the fathers. The names of the Shvatim is given through the mothers. Because the Shvatim, as we explained, what do the Shvatim represent in the Jewish people? Those who capture the manifestation the detailed characteristic of every single shavit on its own journey, and this is more connected with the mother. The others represent the generic essential features that unite all Jews alike without any difference. That's represented more by the father. Now, when we say more, it doesn't mean only the father, only the mother. Everything is integrated, everything is interconnected. There's the father that exists in the mother, and there's the mother that exists in the father, right? In masculinity, there's femininity, and in femininity, there's masculinity, and sometimes things get exchanged and get confused we talk generally or more primarily, but it doesn't mean that there's no element of details a father can't be concerned very much with the details of his child's life he should and he's responsible to educate his child and for that he has to know about his child but we're talking here about a very deep level of relationship and that's why by the Shvatim every single Shavit comes with a reason why this Shavit is given this name, every single one comes with a reason In other words, in a very revealed way, we see the connection between the name and his or her life story. This is revealed. With the name of the Avos, it's not clearly explained the reason because this captures a more essential and a more concealed feature. Now we come back to the question, so why is Jewish identity based on the mother, not on the father? Jewish identity is dealing with the soul itself, even beyond the body. In other words, it's even beyond the name. Here we're distinguishing between the names of the Avas and the names of the Shvatim. Whether you're a Jew or not a Jew, this has to do with the soul which is nameless. This is the mother. Because the mother, in a paradoxical way, right, is the one who is responsible for the development of the child, and the one who brings out all of the qualities of the sperm, of the, of the seed of life. And in that role, the mother is also rooted in the quintessence of the child, which defines his or her Jewishness. We're talking here about the essence of your identity that's known to you. Your name, the way you already have a name. Not the way you're nameless, the way you have a name. Here there's distinction between Tati and Mami. Father represents your essence. Father captures your essence. He defines your essence. And Mother captures more your individual, unique characteristics, qualities, features, powers. And so forth. Okay. This is the Nakud. Now, there's a lot to lot here, but let's let's suffice. Let's finish here the last few paragraphs. How does all this come into the dashi? So the Rebbe continues. Okay. According to this, we have a problem. Okay. The reasons of the names in our parsha don't represent the connection between the names to the life and the avoid of the Shvatim themselves. If you examine all the names, it speaks more about the mothers who give the name. They're giving names that reflect their state of mind, not their children. Take the first name, Reuven. Why is Reuven called Reuven? What does the Pasuk say? Ki Hashem ba'an yi. Ki Hashem saw my pain, now my husband will love me. In other words, Leah is giving her son a name that reflects her dilemma, her struggles, her state of mind. Nothing to do with Reuven's journey. The same as the next one, Kishama Hashem Shimon is called Shimon because Hashem heard that I am Snua. I am loath. Again, it's about it's not about Shimon. And the same is true with Levi, yilavi, And the same is true with Yehuda, oides, And the same is true with Yisocher. And go look, All the other names. What well, we're explaining here on a deeper level. The name, the Shvatim, represents the division of Klausroh into 12 parts. And the name of each Shavit captures the unique journey of each part of Klausroh. Just like in each person, it's like the individual name versus the generic name of the human race. Got it! But look at the names. <laughs> the names are not about the individual Shvatim and what their story is. It's about the, the mothers, it's all about the mothers. They're talking about themselves as they're naming their children. That's why Rashi explains So this is the deeper explanation in Rashi, that the first name that of the Shvatim, Rashi, gives a Yisoyit. And from this we're going to learn for all the Shvatim, Our rebbe's explained that the name Ruvain Leah was saying with this name, Look... At whom my child is. The connection between Ruuvin and this child is not because of the mother of the child. It's also and primarily connected to the son who was given this name. It has to do with his avida, with his life story, with his unique neshama, with his unique goof, with his unique shlichas, with his unique p'china, with his spiritual and physical physical, destiny, and narrative and characteristics, this is the name R'uven. That's why Rashi says it in the first name, because this is a very big Yisoid in the names of the Shvatim that were given by the mothers. Now we come to the last Siv Sivav. I just want to answer your question. You asked about the Maskele David, yeah? So you didn't understand one of the quotes. The David, that's from Ha'ada 15. Ha'ada 15, he brings the beautiful Pshatva of the Maschal David. The Maschal David says that the reason Rashi has to bring the Piroshev Rabbi Senu is because there's a difference between Reuven and all the other Shvatim. By everyone it says first the reason and then the name. By Reuven it says first the name and then the reason. So the Maschal HaDovit says beautifully by all the other Shvatim Rashi understands the reason, that's the reason for the name. The reason and then the name. But by Reuven it says the name before the reason. Why this distinction? Because the name comes even before the reason. In other words, there's another reason before the reason. That's what the Maskele, the Adavid says. It's, 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 it's a beautiful vart. I should just mention, Stam, it's interesting. There's a letter from Tavshin Yud Ches, 1958. It came out only later. It was printed in the in the back. And dear, the Rebbe Takes says this vart. <laughs> Not in the name of the Maskil Adavid. Itaka says this vart. That the Possek says, so when you read it, it's mashma. She called his name Ruuven Why? Because of different reasons. One of the reasons is, whereby the other Shvatim, he gives the reason before the name. So in other words, the name is a result only of that particular reason. The Rebbe says at and he says there, that that's what causes Rashi, To feel that you have to bring the pshat of Rabbi Seinu here by Reuven. Why? It says already in the Pasek the reason. Because of the shinnei Haseid, seidr So in pshat, it's mukhrech that there's another pshat in Reuven. That's what Yitaka says in the letter of Tavshim Yudches. But here in the Sikh and the Kutuz Sich, in Lamed Beis, the Rebbe says that I'll be pshat, it's very difficult, because of two reasons. Number one, at this point, you didn't yet see the change of order. You only know that later. So here you don't have the question yet, right? And number two, it says in the Omra." So with all the Pshetlech in the world, it seems like this is the reason. So there's two stars. You see in 15 on the bottom, it's called Shuli HaGilion. Below the footnote, there's another footnote. Take a look in the other The Rebbe says that the masculine David's reason doesn't work because at this point, we don't know that other names... Are going to be ordered differently. First the name, and then first the reason, and then the name. So therefore, mitzad the here, when we don't yet know about the other names, there's no mashmos, there's no proof to say that Vatik uvein has another reason. So the Rebbe asks a to start the two stars, the toldez chafeh lamid vayoymer footnote <laughs> <laughs> you can refute us we have this Parshish told us it says asof came to uh, to yakov he was hungry he said stuff me fill me up with these red red lentils al that's why he's called eden because of that story New. First, it says the reason for his name Edom, and then it says his name. So, when you were learning Vayyetsa, Vatikrashmayruuvin ki amra kira you right away notice a difference. And told us it says first the reason for his name Ed Ode, Edom, and then the then the name. And then Vayyetsa, first the name, and then the reason. So, you already learned about the distinction. So the chayde, the masculine its vart is a Vart, because we already know the distinction, and therefore we can deduce and say the reason the Torah makes the change is to tell you that by ruuve there's another reason, and that's why Rashi has to give another reason, even though the pasuk already says a reason. So the Rebbe says you cannot do that. There it's different. When was Esav called? Uh, uh, when was Esav given the name Edim when he was born? No. First was the story that he asked Yaakov to stuff him up with the red lentils and then they called him Eten because of that story. So, Shama Hayak HaYekdim Over there, the reason Poshet precedes it chronologically. Here we're talking about the name that the Moes gave the Shvatim during the birth. And we're writing the story. So either you could say first the reason they said or the name it happened the same time. They gave the name and they gave a reason. By Reuven it says first the name and then the reason. By and Levi, etc. it says first the reason and then the name. But you can't compare it to Taldus and can't trust it from Taldus. Because by Taldus it has to be that way. First was the story and then Karishma Yadim. You can't say. They called him Edom. Why? Why? Because of the story al the story didn't happen yet. First, tell me the story after the story. That's when they gave him the name. It was pushed an issue in chronology. Therefore, the Torah has to say it that way. Okay, let's go. So this answers your question. Let's now finish Sivov. The last sentence. According to the above, we can add, possibly, a rem as a hint. Hashayich is the parashat vayetzil ates kislev yoyim. Haylad me meilu shol kveit there is a connection between Parshish Vayetzeh and the day of Tess Kislev. Tes Kislev is the birthday and the yard site of the Mittler the son of the Alter It usually falls out often in the week of Vayetzeh or at least right after Shabbos Vayetse. And we know all the days of the week are blessed from the Shabbos before. So Shabbos, Parashas always blesses the day of, yut, of Tes Kislav. He says in 59, Yoimeled is Tes Kislev, Tavkov, Lamadalad. He was born Tes Kislev, Tavkov, Lamadalad. What would that be? That would be 1733. 17, no, I'm sorry. 17, Lamadalad, Lamadalad, 1773, right? Amit was born 1773. Two years, one year after the stalkes of the Mezurt The Mezurt Magad passed away Yutas Kislev, Tufkof Lamed Gimel, 1772, the end of 72. And the Mitla Rebbe was born a year later, Tes Kislev, Tufkof Alla, and his father, the Alter Rebbe, named him Doiv Ber, which was the name of his Rebbe, the Mezurt So this is his Yemel or Lahayer Shashani Masayim Shana the year when this Sikha comes out, which is Tovshin Lamed Dalit, is 200 years, the 200th anniversary, anniversary from his birthday. And his yard site is the year Tes Kislev Tovkov Pei Ches. That would be in English. Um, Tovkov Pei Ches would be 18, 1827. He passes away 1827. So it's always connected to Parashiz Vayetse. What's the connection? In different Sikhs is explained a major difference between the Altareb and the Azak In the world of Chassidah's Chabad, the Altareb is identified with Chachma. As we explained earlier, Chachma is the Nekuda, the seminal seed of life that captures all of the details but has it condensed and compressed in the Nekuda, in the seed. The Middle Rebbe is associated with the sphere of Bina, the way the revelation of the Altar Rebbe comes out, in an expansive way, and with so many details, it's elaborated and explained. as it's known, Rebbe comes out in an expansive way, and with so many details, it's elaborated and explained. It's known when the Chassidus, that that, that took Chassidus and explained it and revealed it in a tremendously expansive and broad way, what's called, there's an expression in the Pasuk, Rechavus the broadness of a river. That's what Bina represents, which this is connected to the names of the Shvat. Again, the Avais represent the seminal Nekudah of Klal Yisra. The Shvatim represent the expansive, the way the Nikudah comes in an expansive way, in a detailed way, in a revealed way, and therefore in every person, in every shevet, it's different. Because it represents the unique individual features in which Klai Yisrael is divided, it gets involved in the and We're not talking here about the general and generic features that are more essential and more concealed but rather the individual development, which is what the mother does. The mother develops the child, and therefore also in the Jewish world, the mothers gave the names to the Shvatim because the mothers are the ones who are more sensitive to, to articulate the unique avayda of the child, the unique avayda of the Shev, the way Klal Yisrael comes out. Bigiluyan over there, when it comes out in a revealed way, you can identify the distinctions. And when you can identify, in the, like in the seed of life, you don't see distinctions, it's just one seed. With a microscope, you can see all the details. But the tipe is general. And then the mother can flesh it out into the protum. And here, every limb is unique, and every organ is unique, and every bone is distinct, and every nail is different. And every strand of hair is different. And this is what happens after the nine months, after the seed of life combines with the egg and is developed through the mother. Now suddenly you see all the details. Everything is fleshed out. Everything is bisgalus. Everything is bisrahvus. In the world of Chassidus, this was the contribution of the Mittler Rebbe. I remember once at a Fabrengin on teske, uh, Yud Kislev Tovshin Mitzayin, the Rebbe said that this you could look. You don't have to. You don't have to be very knowledgeable. You could look. You could see it straight away. He says, take a mimer, learn the mimer from the Mittler Rebbe, and then learn the same. Me- learn a Maimer from the Alter Rebbe, and then learn the same mimer the way it was repeated and explained by the Mittler Rebbe. Here it's one page, two pages, three pages, maybe five pages, and here it can literally become 70, 80, 90 pages. One mimer. Take a look. Torah from the Alter Rebbe. Torah is from the Mittler Rebbe. A mimer from the Alter Rebbe. It's a short mimer. One page, a few pages. The Mittler Rebbe can give you many, many, sometimes dozens and dozens of pages explaining everything with mashalim and metaphors and explanations. With a tremendous, tremendous arichus. In other words, he is the mother of Chzidus Chabad. The Bina of Chzidus Chabad. The Shvatim of Chzidus Chabad. Versus the office, he says in sixty five. Many my marim that were said on testing Yud Kislev begin with the words of Shabbos Mincha. Ata echad echad. You're one, and then there's your name, the name, and not just the general name, the individual name. As a result of the broadness of Binna, what you have is the Shevet. Shevet means a tribe, it means a whip. It also, you have in Gemaria, the comet, the flying star. Shevet means when something is communicated, it flies, it goes from one place to another place. Through Binna, you have the Shevet. In other words, the Chachma the comes down. Like a flying star, it's communicated down to us, it gets explained. <speaking in Hebrew> Bina allows the revelation to come down below, in other words, to reach people and situations that are far away from the source. <speaking in Hebrew> which this was the internal craving and desire of the Mittler Rebbe. It's knowing what he once said, he wants, The Mittler Rebbe once said, what's his rotzen? What does he want in life? When two people, when two Chassidim meet, what should they talk about? They should talk about Arich and Atik. Arik is Atik is Deep concepts in Kabbalah and Chsiddism. In other words, this should be their natural conversation. This should be their social life. You meet. Good morning, good oven, what's going on? What do you right away talk about? Atik and Why? Because when you're permeated with Chsiddism, when Chsiddism penetrates you, when Chsiddism doesn't only remain in the state of Chachma, aloof, abstract, detached, transcendent, but it's fleshed out. The mother takes the seed and develops it and it becomes a full-fledged baby. In other words, chassidimus becomes completely expensive in your life. It's who you are as a person. It permeates your mind and your heart and your consciousness and your daily life and your arms and your legs. So this is the most natural conversation. You meet a friend. What do you talk about? Atik <laughs> and harek. Shezawinye wants that the bayonas, the wellspring should come out. Take a look in 68. He quotes the source where the middle Rebbe said this. And Sefer HaSiches Tav Shemal the Freedic Rebbe says Halashen Shambin Tzvei Ichsidim Trefen Zich Zon Zereiden Ichsidus Or Reh Sefer HaSiches Tav Shem The Middle Rebbe said Zon Yungalait Fashtain in Keser Vedefinif Finger Vetezein Tzufridin When his young man, when his Yungalait will understand in Keser like they know their five fingers in other words, Keser will become vivid that's when he's going to be happy through Lakosi Through this Afatasamayana Schutza, like the Balshemtev, wrote in this famous letter, Rishashana Tovkov Zayan to his brother in law Kitiver, The letter that he wrote to his brother he writes about not written by Rashishana. The letter that he writes to his brother his brother-in-law, he writes about Rishashana Tovkov in seventeen forty six. He went up to the Hechel of Mashiach and he asked Mashiach, When are you going to come? And Mashiach said, and So that's when Kasimar, Domalkim, Mashiach. That's the Mailah of the names of the Shvatim. That's the Mailah of Ayetze. That's the Mailah of Bina, Rechoivish Hanar. That Chziddes should permeate, should penetrate the whole world, should permeate the whole person. Because not only there's Chachma, there's also Bina. So this brings the Kasimar, Domalkim, Mashiach, Bekarev, Mamash. As you see, he says at the end, this is from the Sicha and the Maimer, at the that was said, Shabbos as partis Vayitse Tes Kislev Tof Shin Lamed Beis, nineteen seventy one at the Fabran of the day, which is both the yardset and the birthday of the Mittlitop.
0: This class is brought to you by the Yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at w dot slash donate.